Alright folks, welcome to uh, Cranking Off from our hiatus. Uh, I'm Mitchell. I am Scott. So I am uh, currently in a pretty good amount of pain. Um, my tooth is deciding to do something. I don't know what it is. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm just know that while I'm doing this, I am on the verge of uh, wanting to rip out one of my teeth. So I hope that helps paint a picture for everybody. I think the, the line between pain and uh, hysteria is one that you should you should go with that energy well we'll we'll see we'll see if if we can get full full cranking full crankity crank um let's crank it so this is going to be a continuation of the uh the dulce series uh today specifically we're going to be last time we talked about cattle mutilation today we're specifically going to be talking about mr paul benowitz and Richard Doty and Bill Moore and Gabe Valdez. So, um, let's, let's, let me paint you. What the fuck, Ziggy? Sorry, my cat is going full insane right now. He must have heard um, me say you should go insane, which is going to yeah, be a so, theme going forward. Yeah, hopefully he does not decide to maul me in the middle of recording. Um, so to, to paint a verbal picture for, for our dear listeners out there, um, Gabe Valdez, who we remember from last time, he was the officer who was uh, investigating the cattle mutilation phenomenon. His son wrote the book that I talked about, uh, The Dulce Bay Secrets. Um, he was uh, speaking at a cattle mutilation conference in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And so after the conference, a man walks up to Gabe, hands him his business card. And Scott, do you want to guess what that business card says? Men in black? Paul Benowitz. <laughs> Close. Thunder Scientific Labs. Uh, the men exchanged pleasantries, uh, not knowing that this was going to be the start of um, one of the most infamous uh, incidents in ufology. Ufology? Ufology? I don't know. Ufology. Ufology. Mm -hmm. There were... This is going to be about the Benowitz affair. Um, so the reason why I want to talk about this is because I know back in June it was very popular to be like, oh, UFOs. No, not UFOs. Air Force. UF knows. UF knows. Or I guess what do they call them? U UAPs now? Uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon. UAP. Yeah, UAPs. Yeah, so I guess I got to use the preferred nomenclature now. Um, so, yeah, so th it's, it's, uh, it's important because it kind of tells you about government misinf uh, disinformation and uh, how that could drive people fucking insane on purpose, on purpose. For so fun. this all starts in earnest with a woman uh, named Myrna Hansen. She called into the New Mexico state police office uh, asking for help uh, because she had witnessed a cattle mutilation. Um, and in fact, she claimed she was abducted by aliens as well. So she got sent to Gabe Valdez as he was the cattle mutilation guy. Uh, Gabe then calls Benowitz. Benowitz gets a psychologist from, it's, I think it's MUFON. I don't remember which one of the sussy, uh, uh, sussy Baca organizations it is, but I think it's MUFON. Um, so he gets a psychologist to help. So, uh, when when Hansen meets Benowitz and the psychologist, she describes seeing 
a Goodyear-sized blimp, um, or a Goodyear blimp-sized aircraft hovering over the mountains, and another one that was triangular and somewhat smaller than the other. Uh, was so this I, I, psychologist a uh, mes- mesmerizer <laughs> hypnotist? Yeah, he, he's a hypnotist. Yes. He's a hypnotist. Okay. Just... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to him. Um, but so she describes seeing a, a Goodyear blimp-sized and I assume shaped thing. And then uh, what I imagine in my head being like a Star Destroyer, but small. Yeah, I mean, I the, the triangular-shaped UFO. Which, you know, that could be... If I could think of one thing, one stealth bomber that's triangular-shaped. Or the French aliens from Kung Pao Enter the Fist. That too. Um, but yeah, so... They eventually put her under hypnosis... And then that's when they get the abduction experience out of her. Um, Benowitz goes so far as to do these sessions, these hypnosis sessions in his car lined with aluminum foil because he thought they were being beamed at, that there was like interference being beamed at them because he kept trying to get more and more info out of her and she would just stonewall like into the sessions. So it's kind of a callback to our, uh, X Files, yeah, the watch the party, Chung. yep, yep. So there's a lot of people who think that Marina Hansen is like a was like an intentional like plant to like try to drive someone crazy or to discredit the mutilation phenomenon. Um, I don't know if I would go that far. Well, I think we need to back up for a second. I think you need to explain who. Paul Benowitz is in terms why yeah. he's important. So Paul Benowitz, he is a small business owner. He does like he owns a, uh, his, his company is called Thunder Scientific. So they do they're like electronics and I think they do a lot of stuff with the uh, he was like an Air Force contractor. So that's why he was living in Kirtland and Albuquerque. Yeah, he and like genius level. Um, th- th- yeah, yeah, that's what people say. I've I've it depends on what account you're reading. Most of, of the things I've heard clever. is that he was very technically gifted. In X Descending, or no, excuse me, Project Beta, Project Beta. the one that Greg Bishop wrote, mm-hmm. that one is calls him a genius. The Greg Valdez one kind of just makes him sound like he was kind of in the right place at the right time. But we'll we'll get to this stuff later. Um. But yeah, so that's who Benowitz is. So he's at the very least a very competent, like electronics guy who works with uh, the Air Force for um, contracting purposes. I think he was in the armed services as well. I'm not 100 percent sure off the top of my head. Yeah, and it has um, to do a lot with like radio stuff. Like he was, he was really. If you, I, Project Beta is the only one I'm really familiar with, but. Um, yeah. It was a lot of like uh, radio waves and radio interference, and that's why he eventually became the target of all of this stuff. Is because he was getting information that he shouldn't have been getting, but that's probably further down the line. But that was kind of yeah. his forte. Was like, you know, uh, radio and and communications. Yeah. But he he had worked with, but in the electronics the previously, yes. 
Yeah, and then I I feel like I feel like he was in the armed forces. I don't know if that's true or not, but everything I've read about him it essentially says that he was like a very patriotic. Like, you know, if if he was just told to stop doing what he was doing, he would have stopped in the interest of national security. Yeah, he was a, um, he was a good boy. He wasn't like a trying to disrobe the the emperor or anything. Yeah. Also, the the organization it was not MUFON. It was APRO. So, excuse my aerial excuse phenomena my research organization. Yep. Um. Okay. So yeah, the the Marina Hansen describes during these sessions being taken, seeing a a cow get lifted into Ready. the air by one of these aircraft, and it's like screaming. Um, it's actually like pretty like fucked up, like what she describes. Um. And that's what makes me think is she might have actually seen something because like, it's just, it's just enough to like, be like, okay, maybe she did see them taking one of these things. And then they're like, okay, let's, let's try to drug her and fuck with her to, to make her look not convincing. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my feeling is that she was, she was taken, but not by aliens. Yeah. I mean, Again, it kind of calls back to that X-Files episode, but um, basically you see something you're not supposed to see or do something you're not supposed to do, and then everything else is <laughs> either a diluted paranoia or um, just straight-up misinformation. So, yeah, I mean, there's maybe 10% truth and 90% bullshit, which... I guess is kind of this whole field in a nutshell. Yeah. So this, this incident with Mana Hansen, this is what kind of he, Benowitz was already interested in the mutilation as evidenced by him attending the conference of Gabe Valdez. This is kind of what pushes him over into full blown like obsession. So he begins to look at Kirtland, which is the air force base up by Albuquerque. Um, he collects, a whole bunch of evidence. Uh, he's taking photos in the middle of the night because him and his wife are noticing strange things. So he sees strange bell-shaped lights. He receives strange messages on his computers, on his radios that he's working on at the time. Um, so he compiles all this evidence and he eventually presents it to the head brass of the Air Force Base. So a couple of the officials took interest during the presentation, but a lot of them, a lot of them weren't like either aware or didn't care. But they kind of knew um, who he was. Cause it's like, he was, he yeah. was contracting with them. So it wasn't just some random but, guy on the street. That's how he got in. Yeah. He, yeah. He was a bit of a, like he was, I think they probably knew that he was into that stuff. So they're like, okay, whatever. Um, but one person who was at that meeting, who took a very significant interest in this was Richard Doty. Um, so, he took a very keen interest in Paul and his case. Uh, they made a choice to not tell Benowitz to stop, but to find out how he was gathering this information and to stop that leak. Yeah, I mean, he was he was like chartering planes and like flying around taking pictures of the base, and yeah, there he was very dedicated to figuring out uh, <laughs> what was going on at uh, was it was it Dolce Base. So or was that later? He starts. He starts, starts at, at Kirtland, Kirtland, and then right, he goes. Right, right. He goes to Dulce. Okay. Um. 
which we'll we'll talk about why they do that possibly later. But um, so Doty, that's kind of a big, big guy in this story. That's probably the other biggest character in the story, other than Benowitz. Um, Doty is the smoking man. How do I? Uh, yeah, so he consulted on the X Files episodes paperclip or, er, so sorry he consulted on the Blessing Way, which is about Mulder going to see UFOs in Southwest America and going to a Native American reservation, which will be very important later. Um, and he appeared in two others paperclip, which is probably how I think a lot of people found out about what Operation Paperclip was back in the nineties. Um, which was for those of you who don't know, we, uh, the United States essentially, uh, scooped up as many Nazis as they could and put them in the NASA and, um, on the moon and then, <laughs> yeah. And then it was, uh, a Nazi was the other one. N A A S A Z I. I don't know how to say that. I don't either. Yeah. So it's, it's a word. I don't know how to say it, but it's, it's an X-Files episode that he's in. Um, so Doty. Scott said he's kind of the smoking man. He likes to to play cat and mouse with people. So there's a story with Bill Moore and how how they found out about Bill Moore, how the, the Air Force did, was they kind of leaked info to them with, you know, 10% true, 90% bullshit. Moore was like, that part's bullshit, this part is true. And they're like, okay, we can use this guy. And Bill Moore so they is used a Bill Moore as well. Yes, yes. He was friends with Doty and Benowitz. He's also an important player in the story, but not as I just I just want to tell the story because I love it so much. <laughs> um, I told you this earlier, but yeah. Um, so Doty had driven uh, Bill Moore out into the forest, essentially uh, in the middle of nowhere. Um, they were in like a, a car or something, and someone else was driving. But they basically driven into like a very rural forested area like no one around and they, they just pull off into this random area and um they're like sitting there and he starts telling him like all this stuff about ufos and then all of a sudden um these the men uh dressed in drag start walking out of the forest and like walking around the car and while Doty is explaining this, this is just happening around him and Bill Moore is doing his best to like pay attention to what he's saying, but is like super weirded out by the whole thing, obviously. And <laughs> um, apparently this was a test because there was some guy in Hollywood or something that was somehow connected with UFOs. I don't remember the exact story, but they were going to have uh, Bill Moore go and talk to this guy. Um, and they wanted to make sure he wasn't like put off by gay people. So this was a test to make sure he wasn't homophobic. That's like how this guy's mind works. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Richard Doty is, um, he, he is playing five D chess constantly. We're not even, it's like intergalactic chess. We don't even know what game yeah. this is. Yeah. So that's, that's a good way to describe Mr. Doty. Um, yeah. So Doty would get extremely close with Mr. Benowitz regularly going to his home and eventually referring to Paul as a good friend. 
Um, with Doty, as you've already described, you know, we will soon find out that uh, anything he says means basically It's nothing. extremely normal to uh, harass and drive your friends uh, completely insane. That's yeah, no, that's I, what I, I consider a friend. He he is the true Richard Doty's the true gaslighter. Gaslight gatekeep manipulate. Yes, he he is a Man's manipulator point. for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I talked about Bill Moore already. So he was kind of the, but there was Doty, and then I would say Bill Moore and Benowitz were kind of connected. So it was like a triangle of those three. Doty would feed stuff to Moore, who would then feed it to Benowitz, and then Benowitz would go up to Doty to talk to him about it. Is the best way I could kind of describe my understanding of that dynamic. Um, like I said, Moore was chosen by uh, Falcon of the Aviary, which again is something we'll go into detail later. Um, due to the fact that he basically was not an idiot like most other ufologists. Um, That's not really a compliment. No, it's, it's like saying you're, you're the prettiest ugly girl. So they would they would kind of let Bill Moore know that they were constantly watching him. There's a story. Uh, Benowitz gave him some photos for him to develop. And he after that, he just went and go drop them off. And this is like in buttfuck nowhere, Albuquerque, right? Or New Mexico. And so he goes there and he drops off the photos and he goes to his, tel- his hotel and he's just like, oh, whatever. And he gets a call and the person on the line is like, how those photos turn out and then just hangs up. It's, it's, um, it's small scale stuff. Uh, there's nothing like I would say overtly criminal about what they were doing, but stuff like breaking into his house and like moving little stuff around furniture. Yeah. But like misplacing papers, uh, messing with his stuff, like, just little little things to like really just kind of mess with him and over time just uh completely uh break him down psychologically yeah um so there's there's another reason why i think they chose more specifically um and to do this stuff in ufologist circles um a lot of these people had foreign agents in there Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of so- Soviet spies. Soviet, French, English, people who were just trying to see what was going on because obviously if you're paying attention, if these aren't aliens, they're experimental aircraft. It's a pretty good cover, in other words. Yes. So Falcon was probably using Moore and Benowitz, and I think I think Falcon is Doty. There's some debate about who Falcon is. I think it's Doty. Um, yeah, so I think Falcon was, was using more to hunt moles. The other reason, like I said, more was of particular interest. He was fluent in Russian and he had a correspondence of a Russian doctor who was interested in UFOs. So I think that they thought he could potentially be one of these spies and then they realized he wasn't. So then they used him to kind of flush out these other people. Yeah, and I mean, this is kind of what this all traces back to in the end is that this is a for for the government, our government. This was a an attempt to flush out Soviet uh, and whoever else spy activity, and 
you know, um, this this man, Paul Benowitz, was was driven insane in in that yep. in that and you know not to get to the end too early here, but the reason they were doing this was because he had intercepted a communication that essentially was a command code for a, a spy satellite that they had hacked. Um, there was a Soviet, Soviet spy yeah. satellite that they that had they would, hacked. That they would turn ever That so they slightly. turned when it would fly over an important area so they could never get a picture of, of whatever, but, but fuck nowhere. Um, and it, it was over this that they did all of this. So that's... That's the stakes yeah. we're playing with. Is that so? They didn't however, get a picture it was of not uh, only the, the butt Air crack Force, of Albuquerque uh, office of investigations that was operating out of Kirtland. You also had the NSA, the FBI, and the CIA who were all watching Benowitz. Um, so because he was catching these certain radio wavelengths, the NSA was forced to admit to the Air Force that they were opening that they were operating on the base as well. So the Air Force did not know the NSA was there. And again, I don't, I can't imagine that this was that important, you know, just. Well, I, I think the NSA was probably pissed that they got found out that way. Cause they're like, okay, we got to fucking go talk to the Air Force now and be like, Hey, we're doing this instead of being able to do what you want. I, ge- I guess, but uh... The, the lengths that they went to to make sure that he wouldn't say something to someone uh, were, pre- you know, by what we've been saying, were pretty extreme. Well, these, these people are sadists. So. Well, and, you know, I think it goes a little bit beyond that. I think they were testing some kind of uh, <laughs> MK Ultra type shit. Not overtly like dosing him with LSD. I, I have heard that. I don't remember where microdosing uh, was, was happening, but um, even if it wasn't, it was just, you know, a man that they knew had some mental, uh, mental health issues um, playing into it and, and making him worse essentially in the name of national security. Yeah. Yeah, and so the, the after the NSA got found out, uh, they thought it was appropriate to rent the house across the street from Benowitz to spy on him. Yeah, they had somebody in a van or in a in a house, basically and watching that, so, him. And all there the time. was a, yeah, there was a person in the house across the street, and then there's a story about Benowitz and Moore who were talking in the parking lot of Benowitz's store or his his, his lab or whatever, and a white van makes an abrupt turn, removes a black cloth in the back of their car and visibly takes a photo of them talking well you know if you're a deluded paranoia paranoiac or whatever you'd call that um i'm sure that kind of behavior is uh is really helping although yeah i have heard some stories about some stuff that happened to benowitz that was i mean you know you have to kind of take this with a grain of salt because you know he was he had some issues but well, I we you wait till the weeder. Yeah, time. wait, wait for me to get to the. That's all in here. Okay, we'll get to it. But yeah, there is all, weird all, stuff all about the this. weird shit. It's all the weird shit is. It's in here. not just um, 
I mean, there is a lot of just like kind of men in black stuff happening, but um, there is some generally kind of unexplainable stuff that happens. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, so soon after that incident, Moore and Benowitz have dinner at Benowitz's house. Moore goes to get something from his car that he had, he knows for a fact that he locked the cabin light is on in the car. Bill Moore knows he did not leave that on. So someone had broken into his car, left the light on, locked it as they left and left. Yeah. Just little stuff that if it happens once you can kind of chalk it up to whatever, but when it happens all the time, like it was happening to these guys, it's, it's hard to ignore it. Yeah. So here's one of the things that is, is uh, very strange that happened to Benowitz. I'm going to read directly from um, Project Beta here. Uh, Possibly the strangest thing that happened in the Benowitz home was experienced not just by the family, but Moore and Doty as well. On yet another visit, Moore's attention was drawn to something bright near the ceiling of the home lab. He was startled to see a pale orange or yellow ball about the size of a softball hovering in the corner. The glowing orb, which had a pale blue halo around it, wobbled ever so slightly. Otherwise, it stayed in place. Jesus, Paul, what's that? Moore asked, pointing. Surprisingly nonchalant, Benowitz said, Oh, you see them too. I haven't been able to figure out what they are, but they keep showing up. The orb, which looked three-dimensional and self-illuminating, quickly winked out like someone ter- er, turning off an incandescent light. It was more like it faded out very quickly, says Moore. It was transparent. You could see the corner where the wall met the ceiling behind it. Others had noticed the orb too. On one of his many trips out to the Benowitz home to check up on things when the family was out, i.e. break-ins, Doty and two NSA operatives had disconnected the alarm system and were just about to start snooping around when they noticed one of the balls floating underneath the central stairway in the large entry room. It was orange and had sparkles in it, Doty said. I asked the other guys, is it one of yours? But the NSA men were mystified as well. And the trio tried to see if the phenomenon was projected from outside the house somewhere. No dice. We never did figure out what it was, Doty said. Perhaps the NSA was in fact responsible, but if so, they never admitted it to anyone outside of their circle. Okay, so the thing that gets me about that, okay, so two people verify that they saw this, both of which have no reason to lie about this. Four, at least. Why the fuck do they say, is that one of yours? What does that mean? (laughs) So this is my, this is going to go for the next episode in this series, but can you think of a possible place in Utah, maybe, that had very prominent orb sightings. Skinwalker Ranch, but I, yes. I, why are they, why is he acting like this is normal? <laughs> He's just like, is, is this I, uh, something you did, or or is this one well, of ours? I think, I think I think Dodie was. It sounded. I mean, if he's telling the truth, it sounded like he was uh, confused as well. And he turned the that, that's guys. that's my point. Is he's just like, oh, is this yours? Because like. It was something that he imagined could be the NSA had made that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the that's the weirdest thing about the the whole thing is is that comment. I don't know what to make of that story, because Benowitz saw it, Moore saw it, Doty and a couple NSA guys saw oh, it. Oh, you see them too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's so, wild. And then the fact that that matches up almost exactly with um, reports on Skinwalker Ranch of orbs floating there and the fact that Robert Bigelow is involved in both of these things 
Like what? What? <laughs> what? Uh, the the what orb thing is very bizarre. Um, yes, I, I it don't. Is. Everything about this, and, and this again goes back to what we were saying about the the ninety ten thing. <laughs> Most of this story is just bullshit. And then there's something like that that just completely kind of fucks the whole thing up. And that's kind of like high strangeness to me is that, you know, most of it is bullshit. But then you get this one little kernel of, of tr- and, you know, we're sitting here uh, talking about uh, this Brian Laundry thing that happened recently. And, uh, you know, everything about it just seems like manufactured bullshit and then you like come to the conclusion that he was fed to an alligator and there's nothing normal about that and we're just supposed to accept it and the way that Dodie talks about these flying orbs in in this guy's house it's just like oh is that is that something you guys did or um (laughs) just kind of shrugs it off it's just kind of when you talk about high strangeness, this is this is exactly it. I mean, that's some shit that's just the the rest of the story is complete bullshit. Everything's made up. Everything is being done for a reason, but you know, is is weird. But then that has no explanation. And then yeah. you're back to square one, being like, "What the fuck actually happened here?" No, I, the worst part is I. I 100% believe the orb thing to be true and it makes no sense um, so at this point Benowitz had unfortunately decided to completely trust the Air Force and the US government that's always a, a um, great move yeah and they repaid that trust by uh, basically mentally torturing him for years um, so after, after all these incidents Benowitz writes his kind of magnum opus which is Project Beta basically outlining all of his research and all the shit he's done um most i would say probably 85 percent of this was disinformation that he had been fed thank you for not using the Um, word manifesto yeah the disinformation he had been fed by the by the feds so at a certain point in this story he gets led away from kirtland and he gets led to dulce So Greg Valdez believes that there is an underground base in Dulce. Um, Greg Bishop says that he got led there to get away from Kirtland because Dulce was in the middle of fucking nowhere. I'm inclined to believe Valdez in this situation because he lives there and also he backs it up with a lot of evidence that there's weird shit going on in Dulce as well. So Benowitz was under the impression that the aliens were here to conquer the world essentially yes alien human hybrids which isn't it weird that richard Doty consulted on episodes of the x-files when one of the major themes of the x-files is alien human hybrids that's weird, yeah they right? weren't like 
these weren't like nice aliens. These were like uh, laser gun aliens, um, which. Yeah. Who's the fucking guy that was like, oh, I was in the shootout with the aliens in the tunnel. The one that died recently. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I know who you're talking the about. Guy with, the guy with like three fingers. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, cr- not a crazy guy, but like a weird, like special weird guy, dude. special ops guy. Um, Yeah, I don't remember his name, but yeah, that's. Oh well kind of related to this actually because i think that was that might have been in new mexico that was a dulce so that there was like a mine or something that was that that was supposedly at the dulce underground base but benowitz and this kind of you can file this under the the weird things about this whole thing um he he was again taking like charter plane flights around the area and like getting topography and he says that he yeah. saw a downed ufo yeah so at dulce there was reports and again valdez goes over this in his book there are reports of an air vent on top of somewhere yeah like little like um roads roads yeah like little um for lack of a better term like little metal protuberances yeah randomly to make it so it's 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 Valdez says that he believes that there's something under there. It's not the Dulce Mountain, it's the Archelita Mesa, which is part of the reason why anyone who says the Dulce Dulce Mountain is full of shit because that's not a thing. Um but yeah, Bishop I think says that they were probably placed there as like props yeah, and distracted. That's what he Valdez, says. Valdez says that it's that there is something there. A lot of black helicopter sightings around there too. Yes. Yes. We'll get to one of those. Those later. are like more modern day UFOs too. Gang stalking. So, um, yeah. Uh, Benowitz gets led to Dulce. Um, like I said, part of the reason, if you believe the Bishop line of thinking, remote, far away from Kirtland, if you believe the Valdez thinking, Benowitz is on to something bigger, um, but was distracted by bullshit. Um, in Dulce, he gets closer with Gabe Valdez. Uh, in the previous episode, I describe an incident with a gravestone being lit up um, in a certain way that the UFOs would fly over every night. Gabe shows Benowitz this. He shows Bill Moore as well. Um, and this convinces, oh yeah. And this is where Mary Hansen had her abduction experience. So there's, there is weird shit going on at Dulce. Um, as I went over in the last one as well. So his obsession kind of gave birth to that Dulce, Dulce base legend, which is the, the, um, alien human hybrids, the laser fight between the security forces and the military and the aliens and all that shit. (laughs) Um, that's all bull crap. That's all bullshit. Don't believe any of it. Um, the air force did not do anything to dissuade these notions. However, um, but let me pull up my notes here. Um, not only did they not dissuade them, they were actively, actively encouraging, encouraging it. Don't say I think it's like 200 miles away from Kirtland, but there's also a bunch of weird shit at Kirtland too, which is where he saw the light that was, uh, changing the course of the satellite. So yeah, Benowitz took a news took a news helicopter out there to show them the wrecked thing. And this is where the, the Chinook helicopter thing comes from, the black helicopter. So if I remember correctly, Gabe Valdez describes it as 
He's basically sitting at the airport waiting for uh, Benowitz to get back. They land in a very big hurry. And then behind them is a, is a black military helicopter with like dudes, like basically the guys from predator in it. Um, so Gabe Valdez gets on this, this, this helicopter and he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? This is my jurisdiction. And one of the guys points the guns at him and says, get the fuck out of here. It's it's like they're like fully decked out. Like I, they look like probably the guys from Predator, if I had to imagine in my head. So, I mean, this could easily be written off as like, okay, there was some experimental plane that probably crashed in like to in 1985 or whatever. It probably looked like a UFO. And, you know, they may have been actually worried that he was going to take pictures of it and send it out to all these dumbass uh, UFO people and that was going to get make its rounds and get back to the Soviets or the whoever um, but you know well, the, on the other hand the, the, it could it could have been something else the, the fucking thing with the um, that whole incident is that there was no radiation, which was supposed to be what was happening. Now, the reason why there's some speculation as to whether or not there's actually like a, a like a base in underneath the Archuleta Mesa is because Benowitz never went up there because apparently Benowitz smoked two packs a day. Um, so he didn't hike the, with the Valdezes when they would go up there. So that's why Greg is so confident. Greg Valdez, not Greg Bishop. Why Greg Valdez is so confident but there was a base up there and why Bishop just kind of dismisses it. So like I said, it kind of depends on who you talk to. Valdez thinks those bell shaped lights that Benowitz is taking pictures of were surveillance drones. So the, that subject became public in the nineties. Um, they, they did a, a drone craft that was, so there was this magazine uh, called popular mechanics and a move to designed to sex up their coverage and increase readership. They featured a cover image of the ultimate in techno porn, a drone craft developed by a Navy contracted firm in San Diego that looked exactly like the disc shaped UFO. The thing that flew with a powerful ducted fan ducted fan assembly and could hover fairly quietly over cities and neighborhoods. A remote operator could control the craft from a safe distance, many miles away. It feet, it featured still and video imaging equipment to send intelligence back from behind enemy lines and assisted urban campaigns. So, once again, that's pretty sus. Make of that, make of that what you will. <laughs> like we've been saying the whole time, this the whole thing about this is that if you take a picture of this and it gets around, and somebody who actually knows what they're talking about or knows what they're seeing sees that, and uh, it's bad, bad news. Yeah. So to get back to the the satellite you were talking about earlier. Bill Moore goes to visit Benowitz. Um, Benowitz hands him a camera and says, set the shutter speed to a thousand and point it over there at Manzano. Take a few pictures. After you get it developed, tell me if you find anything. Why? Bill Moore asks. Just do it, replied Benowitz. I've had some really weird things show up on my pictures. So the, what the description of what shows up on the pictures is a strange tube of light surrounded by a vapor-like haze streaking straight up. <clears throat> and curiously, the light appears to stop in midair as if something had blocked it. 
So the the thinking is is that this is interfering with that Russian satellite that you were talking about earlier. That this was what was moving it essentially away from Kurtland into another place, so they couldn't take photos of it. Yeah, and and because he was listening to a lot of the the frequencies and codes that were being used, um, there was one specific signal that he thought was um, weird. Um, that he was like locked in on. And that was the signal that they were using to hack into that satellite to make it turn. Yeah. And when he, you know, people found out about that, it was, uh, that was kind of the end for him because he had stuck his nose in places it shouldn't have been already. Yeah. That was, that was the, that was the, the situation that probably doomed Benowitz more than anything. If you ever uh, wonder um, about your life have value <laughs> under capitalism, just remember that um, no matter how successful or uh, intelligent or useful you may be to the government, if you say or do anything that even slightly uh, gets in the way of uh, their <laughs> their plans or whatever, they will stop at nothing to just get rid of you in whatever way they can. Yeah. So like I, like I talked about, like we talked about earlier, the crashed ship up in uh, the Archaluta Mesa. Um, Benowitz took pictures of that and developed them. And he was eventually approached by an NSA guy um, about them. So it was essentially to make it look like as if there was a sympathetic insider to Benowitz um, to, to find out things that he couldn't find out on his own. And in exchange, he would leak government secrets to Benowitz to support his UFO research. Um, pretty much exactly what, like what Bill Moore was doing with Falcon. I know that the NSA wasn't kind of as big of a deal since like the Patriot Act. Um, I know it wasn't as big of a thing as it is now, but to have someone from the, the NSA show up and be like, Hey, I want to be your friend. Um, yeah. how does that not immediately set off warning bells? Yeah. So here's, here's another really interesting, uh, that a, I want to read a line. That's very funny to me. Uh, overheard at a UFO convention, UFO researchers are perfectly capable of disinforming themselves. That is extremely true. Um, they don't need a lot of help, um, but they do get it. Yeah, they do. So you're going to like this one. Some of the history of spectacular UFO leaks from the Air Force, uh, such as they began as an overture to Walt Disney and his animation studio. So, in 1954, the FBI approached Disney to become an informant. He readily accepted it and had already done so in 1936. He was a staunch anti-communist, so that doesn't surprise me. And anti-Semite. Also. So, he would still send in reports on commies in Hollywood to the FBI through that 20-year period. Once his bedrock level of patriotism was assured in 1957... The Air Force offered Disney a dramatic close-up footage of UFOs to use an animated documentary, or an animated in an, in an animated documentary, to get the public used to the idea of visitors from another planet. 
The offer was withdrawn for unspecified reasons after most of the animation had been completed. Disney animator Ward Kim- Kimball spoke about it, spoke about the situation and screamed the animated film at the 1979 annual move on conference. That's interesting. Man, I would the love really to fucking is, see that. <laughs> so in 77, when close encounters of third kind comes out. So let's keep in mind Spielberg screened that film for Reagan. The hot rumor associated with that was that Reagan took Spielberg aside after seeing the film and whispered something like people don't know how close you came to the truth. The climactic scene takes place at Devil's Tower, Wyoming, which was said to be a thinly veiled reference to the Hollow Men landing. Uh, one former Air Force special agent, uh, not Doty, maintains that there was someone in the production office at Spielberg's company who received checks from an unnamed government agency in order to help finance the film and push a particular message of wonder and friendly. I love how they threw not Doty in there. And to think that um, the security agencies were giving Ronald Reagan's senile ass any information is a funny uh thing to me those are kind of interesting little tidbits that i i like um to kind of get back to the main the main message here uh benowitz is not doing well um at this point he is keeping knives and guns and a whole bunch of shit near him when he sleeps uh he's reporting that aliens are coming through his walls and injecting him with uh strange cock drug cocktails that would knock him out for for long periods of time well at the at the end here as well i'm that that manifesto that we were mentioning earlier project beta yeah, project beta. that was a blueprint on how to attack the base at uh dolce so he had kind of crossed the line at some point into like weird guy like weirdo territory that not even they were um willing to to deal with anymore um <laughs> yeah. yeah that was how yeah. how do we attack this base because aliens are there um preparing to take over the world yeah so uh benowitz told more that after the aliens ejected him they would make him drive his car out into the desert in the middle of the night uh, but he couldn't remember what he did after he got there. Both Moore and Doty independently recalled noticing injection marks running down Benowitz's arm. The the marks were only on the right side. Breaking of bad. Moore couldn't Moore couldn't explain it, and Doty uh, thought they might be self inflicted. But once again, you can't take anything he says seriously. He could have been the one doing um, it, for all we know. So you mentioned MK Ultra earlier. Hmm. That sounds like MK Ultra shit. The just getting injected with drug cocktails and showing up in the middle of the desert at night and then not knowing what you did. <laughs> um, so a lot of the things that uh, he says he saw now, the, the ball, the orb thing was verified by multiple witnesses. Um, he said, "Well, pretty much everything's been verified by multiple witnesses." I'm I'm saying like the little men that would show up in his house, that that kind of stuff. Um, oh. That kind of uh, that sort of starts to steer towards either some sort of schizophrenic thing or some sort of hallucinogenic thing. Um, I don't really get the feeling from this whole story that he's a paranoid schizophrenic um he did have issues i'm not like dismissing that 
but um, yeah. a lot of the stuff that he was seeing in air quotes um, doesn't seem like uh, he doesn't seem like someone who would just lie. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, everything he saw, he showed. He other would be people. like, "Oh shit, you seen that too?" Like, yeah. Um, so that makes me think he was actually seeing something, whether that was uh, caused by hallucinogen or caused by delusion. I'm not, I don't know, but you know, I wouldn't put it past these people to have been microdosing LSD or something like that. I, I see. I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that he, everything he saw was real but that they started to ramp up the fucking with him because they were angry at him and wanted him to suffer. I, that's the thing about this is I'm not entirely sure where I stand on this because there's so much bullshit involved. Um, the, the stuff where it's confirmed by Benowitz, by multiple Moore, people. By yeah. Doty. It's, it's really hard to refute that. But at yeah. the same time, they were purposely fucking with him in a way that, like, how do you how do you keep your reality as reality <laughs> at that point? But they were they were fucking with him about what he saw. They weren't, you know what I mean? It wasn't like he was making things up. He was seeing stuff. Uh, yeah, but you can see stuff them. that's not necessarily what it actually is. And, you know, if people are coming in your house and moving stuff around and doing that, and the other, this, that, and the other thing, if you don't know what's causing that, you could be like, oh, uh, there's a poltergeist well, no, in my I'm house. Not, I'm not saying that it's not possible that he thought, I mean, yeah, he obviously thought it was aliens when it wasn't. But I'm saying that what he saw was real. Those were real yes. phenomenon. Those were real things that were the, happening. The inputs were real. The outputs may not have been. Yes, yes. So he he was getting fed bullshit, but that was because of what he was seeing. And that was... So it was that, like... I'm saying that was eventually tainting. So what he may have... Like, let's say he saw a, a like a like a very primitive predator drone. And he's like, oh, this is a UFO. Because he was being told there's UFOs. Whereas... You know, someone who knew that they were looking at would have been like, "Oh, that's that's an airplane." Yeah, no, that's that's I'm I'm yeah, that's okay. what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying that he was he was seeing. It's not like he was making stuff up, like you said. He was seeing right, stuff. Right. It's just he wasn't per- correctly describing or prescribing. What okay, he was seeing. I'm saying some of the weirder shit that he saw that doesn't have that explanation may have had some other uh, origin that I don't completely understand. Yeah, see, I believe the orb to be 100% real. Yeah, that that tracks because there's multiple witnesses to that. Uh, the And there's multiple times that it's The happened. hobgoblins are harder to explain because um, he's the only one who saw that. So that's that kind of stuff that I'm like scratching my head about. Well, what he didn't really lie like, about anything okay. else. Oh, I, right. The, the, the aliens coming through his walls. That reminds you of Dwayne Barry from the X-Files. Do you remember that ep- those episodes? I don't recall. So basically he was like, I, these aliens are coming in to me in the middle of the night and abducting me and they come through my walls. And then it, it, it's the episode where Scully gets abducted. I'm sure 
after like 10 years of the last time I watched all that, <laughs> plus 14 seasons, it's hard to pinpoint exactly. Yeah, but, but. It, but it's basically like this guy is getting attacked by aliens in the middle of the night, getting injected with stuff and getting taken away. Isn't which it? Which sounds isn't almost it exactly weird, like though, that. Like you said earlier, that all of this shit, basically everything that happens in this story happens at some point in the X-Files. And that guy just happened to be an advisor on that show. It's like softening the blow so, um, you know, it becomes fiction, you know? Yeah. So I know this road had a lot of winds and turns in it, but um, I think it was a mostly coherent narrative. But to kind of break it down for everybody who needs it to be, uh, essentially Paul Benowitz stuck his nose where it didn't belong. And it was firmly uh, and uh, harshly sprayed with water. And by water, I mean uh, disinformation and driving him insane. Um, Yeah, I mean, like I said, if you get in the way of the um, quote-unquote progress of the uh, defense universe, uh, you will be tossed aside in the most uh, painful way possible and uh, that was what happened here so yep. don't don't um, don't accidentally come into state secrets that uh, you have no idea what they mean or how you would use them do not live near an air force base Oop. whoops that's that's good advice I should have probably taking that into account yeah <laughs> you're up by one of the most sus air force bases <laughs> um yeah just the whole thing stinks to high hell and and kind of gives you a insight into the the lengths that these people will go to discredit and fuck with, and fuck with people uh, but at the same time there's there's little little nuggets of truth or strangeness (laughs) or whatever that um keep you coming back yep so it's not all just it's not all bullshit there's there's little bits it's 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 exciting folks and it's it's all happening again is the best part but instead of paul benowitz it's tom delong and demi yeah just wait until uh tom delong accidentally uh, drives into a, a fucking alligator pit or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's everything for tonight. So real quick announcement. We're going to be kind of changing the format of the show because I'm lazy as shit and I'm tired of having to do all the work that goes into this. So we're going to kind of have more casual episodes. Um, I kind of want to do like some series about the Jesse Ventura conspiracy episodes I definitely want to watch the Demi Lovato Peacock series. I'm very interested in that. Because um, we, speaking, we need... of, speaking of microdosing LSD, yeah. As a as she has become a, uh, uh, what did she say that the term alien is is offensive to extraterrestrials? I hope she didn't say that. She did. That's. Uh... That's really something. Um, 
I, I'm very curious about that whole situation as well, but um. yeah, no, I, 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 and then we'll do like more X Files episodes, more movie episodes. We'll still do book reports and stuff. That's just a lot of work because I got to read the whole thing and transcribe my notes and do all that shit, and that's not fun. And that takes me like a couple of weeks. And I work full time, and so does Scott. So, well, I have some some topics I I would like to to go yeah. off on as well. So yeah. we'll uh, we'll definitely, you know, keep it keep it steady here, um, for the foreseeable future. It's a lot of work to do all that research when you're working as much as we do. Well, we'll ping pong back and forth, so yeah, you, know, you have more time to get into your your little niche there. My my hello sir. Please don't hurt me. Sorry, my cat is threatening me with with his sharpness. You know, uh cryptids, uh high strangeness, new age stuff. That's government that's, conspiracies. That's what I'm into. So I, I like I like uh gimme give, give me the most mentally ill thing you got and I like it. Well, there was plenty of that here today, so Oh yeah, baby, it'll get worse. Yeah. Things things can only get worse. It's true. <laughs> like that cough. I don't have COVID, but I don't know what that's about. It's very annoying. Speaking of uh, government uh, conspiracies, but said Fort Detrick, not Wuhan, you fucking idiots. Different, different, different day, different time. Don't forget, we invented Lyme disease too. When did Lyme disease become like a five-year most painful disease ever created? When it, was... when it leaked out of Plum Island in the 1960s. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, you want to kick us out here? Yeah. Uh, everyone, this has been Cranking Off. Uh, I've been Mitchell. I'm Scott. Uh, remember, folks, the psychotic drowns where the mystic swims. I'm swimming. You're drowning. Bye-bye.